in a world where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg, because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Alderman Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh, God, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the under card I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Laughing a lot so funny this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. He didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak. That absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksman have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. What's up, everybody? Welcome to live rounds episode 29. Um, 
crazy weekend. Uh, we had the UFC 269, which had huge upset. And uh, I think Charles Oliveira solidified himself. Plus uh, the end of Ring of Honor, which we didn't really talk too much about in the last week's episode. So I definitely want to get into some of that as well. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Warriors of Wrestling had a show as well that was good. Um, you know, Osprey just keeps adding to his collection of belts. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Um, both Steven and I's uh, teams won. So, Cowboys won, Vikings won. Both of our playoff hopes are alive. Um, so, yeah, a pretty good weekend for us, Steven. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings almost gave it away again, but they uh, they got the job okay. done. Like, I mean, <laughs> we almost 29... gave it away too. We were up 18 0, got up to like 24 0, and then they came back and made it competitive. We were up 29 nothing with like little time left in the third. Like, that was insane. Boyd just had to do that taunting call, like that taunting penalty. Like, that, yeah. that was so stupid. It changed the momentum of everything. Um, but we still got the W, still repping my Vikings right here. And speaking of repping, shout out to Unkind Esports. You got the logo right above me here. Got some stuff to tell you all about them. Of course, make sure to follow them over at Unkind Esports on Twitter. Check out the new website, unkindesports.com. But they've been killing it. They, uh, they're they a part of the FIFA VPGA, which is like a pretty big FIFA league. And it's pretty cool. They clinched playoffs last night. So I'm really proud of that. That's awesome. Like, it's good to hear that the people that we've teamed up with are killing it over there on the esports side. And I was hoping to watch it on Twitch. I know they're having some streaming issues, but I'm trying to watch all their games live on Twitch. So check it out. That's twitch.tv slash unkind esports as well. But a few things I wanted to let me make sure y'all know about their really trying to get their discord going. Uh, we'll put a link to the discord in the description of the video. I just don't have it in front of me at the moment, but they're trying to get their discord going more. And there's a lot of wrestling and MMA fans in their community. So like anyone who's watching this will fit in big time with that discord and everything they're doing at unkind esports. For those of you who don't know, uh, the dude that I've been dealing with is Eric and he's cool as hell. And then Rob Van Dam is one of the owners of the company. So it's like, a lot of wrestling ingrained in what Unkind does. So there's a lot of awesome crossover between us and what they do. So really happy about that. They're currently recruiting players and teams for like major esports right now. So like if there's anyone out there that's really, really good at any of the games, go ahead and shoot them a message. They're looking for players and looking for more people to add to their community. And they're also um, even like non-competitive, like anybody who's just, a fan of sports, a fan of wrestling, a fan of MMA, a fan of, of video games. That's the place to be. So once again, shout out to Unkind Esports. They have merchandise dropping really soon too. And we'll tell you more about that next week. But uh, as always, thank you very much, Unkind. And make sure you guys go over to support what they're doing and keep your eyes on the FIFA tournament, the FIFA league that they're in because they're in the playoffs. I'm going to be rooting for them. I hope we, hope we win the gold. So uh, so yeah, yeah shout out sure. to Unkind Esports. Awesome. All right, so I don't even know where to get to. One question real quick. Did you make your fantasy football playoffs? I don't want to talk about that. Okay, so no, that's a no. Adam Thielen, is that a, a, a sore subject? Because he, he's killing me. I had to put him on a IR spot, and I had to – and I, I picked up Osborne, and I didn't start him. I started somebody else, and I really regret not doing that as well. So, um, yeah. 
one league I didn't make it, the other league I did make it. So that's basically Congrats. how that went down. And then my UFC fantasy uh, league, I ended up winning. So I, I saw I saw your name. I saw your name on the list. I just joined this league that Doug is talking about. So I'll be joining starting the first pay per view of 2021. So I'll be I'll be in on this as well. Yeah. So um, pretty fun uh, deal there. And uh, someone actually sent me a little bit of money because they won money on Amanda Nunez. And they said there was no way they were betting money on her, but they watched my video, our video, and they were like, I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. Did a parlay on Amanda, um, Lomachenko, and Oliveira and won $716 or $730 off a $10 bet. Congratulations to whoever that was, if you're watching right now. Um, I think that – I even said it last week, even though I thought – I literally thought that Juliana Pena had a 4% chance of winning the fight. But, like, with those kind of odds, like, that's – you know what I mean? That's why the odds are like that and why sometimes small bet, even small bets on massive underdogs can have big payouts. So, I mean, that's – congratulations to whoever that was out there. And that's very nice of you for sending Doug some money because um, I was not nearly as confident as he was. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, I mean, I didn't predict Juliana to win the way that she did. 40% like, I, though. Yeah, 40%. But like, I didn't think that she was going to stand and bang with her and win. Like that to me was shocking. But, you know, you go back and, and, I, and I, I, I remember saying this, but like with the aerial interview, and like she was so fired up and she had me convinced right and one thing she said that really stood out to me that i picked up on ariel replayed it just recently and i and and it was like amanda is a total front runner that like when things are going her way she's a killer but the moment that you actually hurt her or put her in danger she she tries to fold she wants out of there and Juliana was so pressed that just she was willing to take a beating to hurt Amanda and eventually it worked. I mean, you saw Juliana's eye and all that, but she did pull off uh, the huge upset and, um, you know, props her for that. But I I will say, I I don't know. One thing I do love too about her. I I think she's a star. Honestly, she can talk really well. She's very outspoken. Um, one thing that I love about her is like, they're like, would you fight Amanda? And she's like, I'd fight Amanda next week. We could fight in the parking lot. Like, I'm not like, she's not like doing that. Like, Oh, you know, it's now my time. I'm going to get with my agent. We'll see what's best for me. The, the time like, Woodley approach. Oh my God. Speak. We'll get into that. Well, what I'm just saying, oh like that, when he was the Walter White champion, that's he, um, he went from waiting for years for his title shot as a number one contender to like, wanting to not fight the top contenders right away yeah well and and, and i agree that juliana should be the underdog in the rematch i'm not sure she beats amanda the second time but i also i just don't know how much fires left in amanda either i really don't like she tapped fast too she tapped fast and and like she was she was picked apart in strikes like that jab was lethal that jab was picking her apart so I just don't know. I, I I could totally see Juliana losing as well, but I love the fight. And honestly, it seems like a trilogy. If, if if she beats Juliana, then I wouldn't be surprised if they run it back again for a trilogy because you have nothing at 135, really. So 
it'll be interesting. I I think honestly that what they should do is have Juliana, if she's willing to, have her drop down for her next fight and fight Shevchenko because Shevchenko is she one hundred percent wants it. She one hundred percent said she'd already do that. And so if she's down to do that, because that that works for multiple reasons. Like if she goes down and beats Shevchenko, then it's like, wow, we have like potentially like new goat level woman here. You know what I mean? Like this is like she could really be a huge deal with two belts, especially if she can defend both um, simultaneously. But like with, with, uh, with Shevchenko, if Shevchenko can beat Pena again, then that sets up her as the, you know, the champion at, at, uh, well, actually what it would do is you have to do like the TJ Dillashaw situation, like before he got suspended, where he beat, he lost to Dillashaw or sorry, DJ, TJ Dillashaw lost to Henry Cejudo. But yeah. then they were going to go up to Bantamweight and fight for TJ's title because, like, he had just lost at the at the lower weight. So, like, basically, I know this sounds a little confusing because I'm, you know, a lot of different people. But basically, if Shevchenko goes down or if um, Pena goes down to fight Shevchenko and Shevchenko wins, she retains her belt. But she should also get an immediate shot at her for the Bantamweight title because she just beat her yeah. at flyweight. If she yeah. can win the Bantamweight title then her and Nunez trilogy would be for the Bantamweight title, but Shevchenko would be the champion going into it. Yep. So like, there's like so many, it's like a win, win, win scenario. I think if Pena drops down and fights Shevchenko, because either outcome leads to, to big fights for all three of those women. I also think you could do if, if let's say Pena beats Amanda again, then Shevchenko could move up and for fight sure. Pena at 135 as well. For so. sure. Because the a big part of the issue too is like, Flyweight is completely out of contenders, which Shevchenko is the champion too. So she like she needs someone to fight. So why not it just be Pena at this point, you know? Yeah. So I'm with you. Yeah. And if you guys haven't seen it, we did do a fightful watch along. The link is in the description. Um it captures the moment, man. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it, it was awesome. Out. It was awesome. And I was thinking just this year, man, like the the um, uh, Wilder Fury fight, the this fight, like we've had a lot of uh, fun moments on that Fightful Watch Along. So it's definitely something you guys want to check out. Um, it, it's amazing. And this Saturday, you can join oh, yeah. us. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley too. Um, are you going to be with me on that? You're going to be busy. I don't, I, that's why I didn't plug it for me. Yeah. But okay. Well, definitely for you. I'll be there 100%, even if it's just me, but it should be me, Rob Wilkins. And I think Colby, the dude who runs the MMA side of Fightful, he's usually busy for the fights. He it doesn't have to cover the that boxing match. So if he wants to jump in, if he's free. So um, I don't think Sean will be there, but maybe I know, I know he loves those kind of fights just like I do. Um, yeah. Big Aaron Carter fan over here, for those of you who don't know, love, love this type of stuff. So, so yeah, I'm not, I, I'm I'm not trying to lose a sponsor here, Stephen. Okay, let's, let's keep that quiet. <laughs> yeah, big, big fan of Aaron Carter boxing. I am, I am not ashamed of, of talking about it. But uh, uh-huh. I love these kind of fights. I, I and I love the uh, I love the the buzz of a Jake Paul fight. Like as as wrong as it is, as as much of like a purist fan I am of like mixed martial arts and stuff, I'm highly entertained by by all this all this Jake Paul, Logan Paul, you know, even like the really bad celebrities that like are terrible at fighting. Like, it's just fun to watch some of these guys try, you know, sometimes. So, but, but like a Logan and Jake, I mean, 
they no, they're legit hard. though. They, yeah, no, they yeah, they're actually serious. Yeah. It doesn't look like a freak show, especially when they're in there with like an MMA fighter who isn't like a high, high level boxer. So I mean, it, it's entertaining, right? Um, but all like the same show. It's Frank Gore and Darren Williams. You know what I mean? Well, like, dude, Frank Gore might. I, I really <laughs> think Frank Gore might light him up. Like Frank Gore is a is a as a specimen of a human being, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm. I, I definitely think Frank Gore has a shot. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you want to jump into that fight, but with, so like I was watching the uh, countdown thing that they had for it. And like, I'm, I'm all on the board with Tyron Woodley winning, you know, that's what I want to see happen, all that. And then he starts talking and it's just so <laughs> nauseating. Like He's it's the worst, just, dude. dude first him. of all, he thinks that like he beat Jake like nine nine to one around. I mean, like he thinks that like he just was completely robbed. I mean, at best, in my opinion, he won four rounds. At best, right now I mean, he hurt 12, Jake. 12 round, twelve round fight, right? I think it was ten. I don't 10, think they go twelve. Oh uh, yeah, maybe um, he hurt Jake, but like he had no. Like, like he has no claim that, that he won that fight. That's ridiculous. And so he's already entering this thing. Like, you know, now one thing I do like is that they put bonus money for him for a knockout. Jake so, put the money himself. Right. Or right. knocks him out. Yeah. 500,000. So, so hopefully Woodley really tries and, and we'll see what happens there because one of his biggest issues is, is he just can't pull the trigger anymore, which happens with a lot of shot fighters. Like that's one of their, the, just the decision-making isn't there as, as fast. Their reflexes isn't there. So um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, as long as Woodley's in shape though. Uh, oh, and then they, no, 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 no. They asked him. So when he was hurt, why didn't you try to finish him? And he's like, my arms were sore. What? What? Yeah, that's weak. That's a weird like, answer. Come on, dude. Like, I I know that you're new to boxing, but like, come on. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I just, it, it's so hard to root for that guy. Like, he thinks he's the greatest of all time still. And it's like, he's lost like five fights in a row now, like four of MMA and then one in boxing. And I'm supposed to believe that like, you're this world beater and, and then it was like, you know, Jake Jake was ducking me. He never wanted to take this fight, and he's forced to take this fight now. And it's like, dude, just stop. You're so lucky you got this fight. Like, there was there was no reason why they wanted to give you a rematch. Even if even though you got the tattoo on your middle finger or whatever. That was so you know? <laughs> right. So he's lame. like, Oh, you've got the tattoo. Like it has to happen. So like I I don't. I, I don't know, but I do think Woodley has a good shot. I really do. I, I, I mean, don't think that Jake was that superior of a boxer than him. I think that Woodley really let him off the hook in a lot of ways. And if Woodley's actually like motivated to finish the fight, like he, he might, he might actually do it. I think there's also a possibility though, that like Jake is playing 40 chess with Woodley and like by incentivizing him that he can take home an extra half a million, like, He'll he'll be ready for him to be aggressive. You know what I yeah, mean? Like sure. he's gonna for be sure. like, oh, okay, so I'm I'm gonna practice this dude like lunging at me and counter punching and knock him out. You know, 
I mean, I'm taking Jake again. I just can't get behind Tyron Woodley as a fan. It's just impossible it's for me, so no matter hard. how hard I try. It's, his his it's mother so is much hard. more likable than he is. Um, yeah. You know, it's I've never seen. I don't. We have to go. Don't have to get super into it because we've talked about it plenty on on this show in the past. But like, I've never seen somebody his age, which he's. I mean, he's got to be older than me. I'm 33. He's got to be. Oh, he's like 39. 30, about 40. I've never seen a man, a man that old, so desperate for clout on like the internet. Like that just doesn't have it. Like no matter what he does, like you can try as hard as you want to be a rapper and an actor and everything and an entertainer and all this stuff. And like just nobody cares. And I've also never seen anybody so delusional to the point where like he does interviews and he'll talk about how like I just don't understand, like after I lost the title, all of a sudden less people were, were hitting me up to, to, to do big things. And like, I wasn't, you know, people weren't really putting me in articles and, and, and it was like, dude, no doubt. Like only, they were only doing these with the champion. How do you not understand this? Like, right. It's a package like, deal. Yeah. Like when you're the champion, people care. And when you, when you're not like, unless you're a massive star, like you're going to drop off like to right. some degree and his drop off was pretty huge. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. It was so funny. Well, like he's he's on the phone with Ariel, right? And he's driving <laughs> in his car and he's driving to a film set and he has to let Ariel go because he gets to the film set. And it's yeah. just like I only imagine dude, what his role in whatever movie or commercial he's doing is. Like so, so it's just like, dude, it, it's just it's just nauseating. Like, just please. Just, if he just wouldn't talk, I would be all aboard the Woodley train. But, I mean, it is so hard to cheer for that guy. Just can't. I just can't do it. Like, I mean, I hope whatever he was – whatever was more important than being on Helwani's show, it was better than, you know, pretending like your penis was bit off by a raccoon because that was like actually what he was doing and acting and stuff like you're never gonna let that go i won't the that the rapping was so bad that the he scrubbed the internet of it all like i mean yeah. to, to the best of his ability like it, it's just I, the, it was so funny during the build-up to the first woodley and and jake fight where it's like no, no sorry it was during the the build-up to ben Askren versus jake and Woodley yeah. and Ben are in the same hotel room because, you know, they're good friends. And in like rappers, I think like Takashi 6 9 or someone along those lines is like is like DMing or like uh, like Instagram or tweeting like about Ben Askren and Woodley's next to him like, oh, man, like how do they know who you are and not me? You know, it's yeah, like- <laughs> it's so lame. It's just so bad. Like, I'm just so over it. Like. Like this guy is just totally in it for the fame, and and that's fine and all. And the, but then he's like, "You ain't gonna talk to me like that for somebody from Ferguson." Like, dude, you are not in the streets anymore. Like, you are so far from it; it's not even funny. Like, I just, he, I'm so, I don't know. He's who, very who, who, do you, who do you have in the fight? Yeah, I mean, that. who do you think I have, dude? What, but I mean, like, who do you think's gonna win? Jay Paul, by what like knockout decision? Yeah, knockout. Okay, I, I'm really leaning towards Woodley <laughs> on this one. I really I am. I can't. I can't choose Tyron Woodley over anybody. I, I mean, I I get it, but he he hurt Jake, and he, he had did. him in trouble. He, he had did. him in trouble, and and he's a good boxer for the most part. Like he's decent. Is if he's in good shape, like this this fight could be very interesting. 
Yeah, but if he was in there with like Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva would like destroy him. You know, I'm I mean? not. I'm, I'm not in any debate on. No, that. no, no, no. I know you are, and I'm just saying. Like, I think like he's still pretty low level in like the grand scheme of like MMA boxers. Like he's he's better than like a Ben Askren, but like he, I don't think he's. But you would say this though with Jake Paul, though, like Jake Paul's may not really either. So that's the thing is they went to decision last time. Jake Paul was the only one that really got hurt in the fight. So that's where I'm just like, I don't know. If they give him a second chance, it it could it it could be different. Hey, it might I I just hope it's an entertaining uh spectacle of an event. I think it will be honest. You know, I'm gonna be watching, like I said, fightful.com or well and youtube.com slash fightful. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And here's the thing props to Tyron Woodley for taking the fight on short notice. Like I do have respect for yeah. that as much as I'm like clowning the dude, like, you know, but when you're a grown man, once again, everything I've already said, and like, you're going to get this, you, you get a tattoo on your, and I love Jake Paul tattoo on your finger. Cause you're that desperate for, for clout to get a rematch. Like he's just sad. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Um, we got a super chat from Dirty as always. Thank you, Dirty. I really appreciate it. Uh, who in the top 10 could Sean O'Malley beat? Um, I pulled the top 10. By the yeah, way, the, the, the fight for I do the fight for MMA rankings with Colby every week, and we've been going back and forth for days. I mean, it goes up tomorrow, but like after these fights this past weekend, like it's so hard to rank people because like. I saw the, the, the latest on from one guy, and I want to know, like, where is Valentina, number one? We, I think we are going to put her at number one pound for pound for the women, even though she has the losses to Nunez. Two losses. Yeah, but one was a split decision, and I think you have to put Nunez under Pena because you have to – that's how you have to rank it at Bantamweight. You have to, the thing that saves Nunez potentially is she still has the featherweight title. Like, that's the one yeah. thing. But it's kind of the same reason that I wouldn't rank Holloway over Poirier, for instance, in pound for pound, because like Poirier beat him straight up. But like it's it's just hard. It's just it's all a judgment call. I saw they have Rose at number two on the UFC rankings. I, I would yeah. have Rose at, I'd have her at four under Payne yep. Nunez and Chipchenko. However, yeah, whatever order you want that man. Because Rose has lost as well, so it's not like right. it, you know, and honestly, I I'm not sure she won the fight, the last fight. So um yeah, that's that's a tough deal. I'm not sure. We are putting O'Malley, I believe, at number 15, though, on the Fightful rankings. But we also, we that includes all companies. It isn't just the UFC. So, um, okay. But we but we dropped Garbrandt out of middle, out of a bantamweight because he lost yeah, a feather yeah. or flyweight. And who knows, like, what his future is. Um, but I, I have the, the bantamweight rankings up here on the UFC website. Um, Sean O'Malley, they just had jump up to number. 13 he was not okay. ranked and marlon Vera got a pretty big jump up to number eight also recently um so in the top could he, 10 could he beat cheeto in your opinion i think he could but i would still probably favor cheeto in the rematch yeah um this is the top 10 that we would be okay. going through i'll start at uh the top because it'll be a lot of no's probably there so we have Algermain sterling probably not um Piotr Jan, no no. Um, PJ Dillashaw, no, not yet at least. No. Jose Aldo, no. Corey Sandhagen, no. Rob Font, if he catches him, potentially. Interesting one. Marab Dalashvili, that's a tough stylistic matchup. I'd probably say no. Dominic Cruz, 
No. Mm-hmm. No. And then we got Cheetah Vera. I think he does have a shot against Marlon Marais and Pedro Munoz. So those are number nine and number 10. Yeah. And then yeah, the only other people those. above him are Frankie Edgar and Halfway All Sun Sal, who I think he might have a shot. Edgar's chin's really been going on him, and Sun Sal's very hit or miss. So, um, yeah. but in the top 10, I'd say he maybe has a shot at like three, three or four guys right now. Yeah. I, w- I think him and Cheeto should run it back. I mean, that's number eight, right? So, I mean, 13 yeah. to eight, I don't think is out is crazy. It ended kind of in a freak way. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's the fight they should make, honestly. I'm fine with that. I think that's a good matchup. What I really want to see still is O'Malley and Garbrandt at Bantamweight. But, like, now that Garbrandt keeps losing and he's even losing at lower weights, like, even the Carl France is solid, very solid. But it's like, you know. Garbrandt should have taken – that's what we should have seen this past weekend. I've said it a thousand times, but yeah, um, hopefully O'Malley – Yeah, but hopefully O'Malley does fight somebody, like, ranked in the top, you know, 10 or so in his next fight. They're like, I think Vera is a – that's a good – because then also if he beats him, then at least when he's running around talking about being undefeated, at least it's, like, kind of true because he, like, avenged the loss. Yeah, and, I mean, it also takes him to that next level. Like, you're at eight now. You can – fight basically anybody in there so it, yeah i think that's the best fight to make is him and cheeto in a rematch yeah i think he could i think sanhagen's a way better fighter but like o'malley i mean we can't underestimate as, as hype beast and everything he is like that dude can strike i mean his oh, party sure. is great i mean if he, he i think he can catch a lot of people on a bad night you know so for sure. I just think, man, he's got to get past the trying to make the highlight real knockout and just focus on winning a fight. Like there's so many times where he's already like he'll hit he'll hit a dude and then be ready to celebrate. and It's not over yet. And like, yeah, that works for lower level guys. But man, eventually that's going to cost you. Yeah, for sure. So I think that covers MMA for the most part. Oliveira dominant. Um, I think him and Gaethje's next. I think he beats Gaethje. Uh, not really sure what Dustin Poirier is going to do. Honestly, I don't think Dustin Poirier knows what he's going to do. He seems pretty undecided about it. So, um, I think 170 is not the worst idea for him if that's what he wants to do. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially if he wants to fight Nate. Like, that's probably what yeah. to do next. Just do that at 170. That's a big fight for Nate on the way oh. out, win or lose. There's rumors that Nate has re-signed and oh, really? that he's he's talking about fighting Tony Ferguson. And I think if they're going to do that fight, that's happening in Houston in February because Nate had to pull out. Tony Ferguson became the co-main event and Tony was super over in Houston. So if you want to run that back, you bring in Tony, who's already over in Houston, and you bring in Nate, who we never got. And you do Nate and, and and that that card does not have a co-main event at all. So it'd be Nate and Tony Ferguson, Adesanya and Whitaker too. So that's solid. Good. That's I mean, yeah, I I I'd probably go Nate over Ferguson right now. That's a really good that's a really good matchup. The crazy thing with that him. though is it's not Nate will not fight Tony at his weaknesses. Nate will fight Tony, just stand and bang with him and like keep Tony in the fight. Because right now, most people that are beating Tony have just been taking Tony to the ground. 
and controlling him and Tony's having trouble keeping up. But like, if it's just going to be a war, like yeah, that's anybody's fight, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I really want to see that. I'm a, I'm a, you know, massive fan of both of those guys. That'd be a great fight. But yeah. That has like fight of the year written all over it. If they do that. I really hope though, that if Nate did resign, you worked in the ability to box also. Like, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Really that's such a bummer like him versus logan or jake is so huge for oh, everybody massive massive but i think part of it too is dana doesn't want to give those guys that type of you know uh yeah. exposure that big of a fight he'd rather nate stay there plus i mean if you do that like okay let's say that nate beats tony then nate and connor yeah makes all the sense in the world because Nate's got to win a fight at least going into that fight, in my opinion. It'd be I nice mean, if Connor did too. Yeah, but that's the thing. Connor hasn't won a fight either, so it's not necessarily. But like, I do think it helps if people look at Nate like a credible threat to Connor, and not just like a pick me up fight for Connor to get back on the horse type thing. Yeah, I wonder at lightweight. See this. I'm trying to see if there's anybody like ranked under Connor that he would just like smoke to just like get back in the win column. But someone who's like, quote unquote, like worthy of like a fight with him, like, you know, because Connor's only going to fight people with a certain name value. But I don't really think that that's. Don't think well, that I don't really know. Does. I don't know if Connor's going to go to 155 again. Like, I feel like he's probably just hanging at 170. That's a good point. I mean, but it does open up a little bit for him with like Oliveira just knocking out contender after contender. Like if, if Oliveira like beats Gaethje and then beats, you know, Mahachev or Darius, whoever wins that fight. And like, he needs big fights for the title that, he, you know, that aren't rematches. If Connor can just stay like even somewhat relevant, he's always got a shot at just like jumping in there for a title shot. Um, I don't think yeah. he'll necessarily get one coming off of like that dust and loss and the injury like right now, but you know, it's always in the back of everyone's mind. Yeah, and, like, what do you think of when Connor was like, when do I get to fight Oliveira? Yeah. I was like, like, I have no desire to see that whatsoever. Like, I'm I'm done with that. Like, <laughs> I think Connor should just be focused on money fights. Uh, Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, you know, if he wants to run it back with Dustin and neither one of them are going to put a belt on the line and he wants to run it back, then whatever. But, like, I don't necessarily think we need to see um, Connor anywhere near a title. At least he needs to rack up a couple wins first. Yeah, I think even just one win, to be honest, over the right person. But he, I think he, I think he's trolling when he when he posts that kind of stuff because he knows oh, the reaction sure. it's going to get. But, like, there is, like, a small part of truth to it, too, where it's like, but if UFC offered me a title shot, I'm going to take it. You know, like, and I think people think he has enough power yeah. to get them to give him stuff that he doesn't necessarily deserve. So they're like, oh, Lord, here we go. So, yeah. I'd like to see um, Connor fight Holloway again, by the way, like at some point. I think that'd be good. Do you, though? Because I don't yeah. think Holloway would kick his ass. But if he does, that helps Holloway even more. Like, he still could be kind of in his prime Holloway. He's still young. No, for sure. I mean, I, and I if mean, Connor I, beats him, that's like Connor's still 
really good if you can. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's an interesting fight. Or, or even Jose Aldo versus Connor. I know Aldo. I think that would be interesting. I think when they're talking about Aldo and Dominic Cruz, I think that is a must. That well, I, makes all the sense to me. I like that. And I'm totally down. But I think Aldo and Dillashaw makes more sense right now for number one contender. I mean, I like that too. I'm not going to lie. Although yeah. the only thing is, Aldo, I mean, Peter Yawn beat the living piss out of Aldo. He did. But if Aldo beats uh, beats um, Dillashaw and then, like, you know, the rest of the stuff he's done lately, like, he's definitely in line for yeah. the title. Like, you know what I mean? Or if yeah. Sterling happens to beat Yawn, then, like, Sterling and Aldo has never happened before. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of Cruz versus Aldo, though, by the way. Like, I think that that I really want to see that fight before it's all said and done. But, I think Aldo has worked his way back to being in like number one contender level, which is pretty pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And and dude, if he wins that title, let's just say he like he does beat Piotr Jan for the title. OJ, Jose Aldo goes to like maybe pound for pound goat or like really close. Like when you consider what he did at featherweight, and then like if he won another title, climbed the ladder and won at bantamweight, also even if he defended the title a couple times, like. He goes back to that conversation, I think, of like pound for pound best of all time, maybe. So, yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's that's true. And I think it brings back credibility from the Connor loss because yes. I, I think that is almost forgotten if he earns his way back up. Because another thing is, is Connor can't do the same thing, in my opinion. I think Connor's right. done. I don't think he's ever going to win a title again. So, um, I, I think that that's a, that's a pretty impressive mm-hmm. feat remember that a lot of people forget that Aldo after he got knocked out by Connor and I take nothing away from Connor for that. Like he's the man for that 13 second oh, knockout. Yeah. But Aldo wound up winning the featherweight title again after all, after McGregor left the division and like everyone forgets it, but then Hallway won the title from Aldo. So like, you know what I mean? So it's like, he did win the featherweight title again and just everyone kind of forgets about it. And then it's like, man, if you went down, down to Bantamweight and beat all these studs and, and, and being to do like purely on for the title, man, that would be that'd be that'd be pretty damn impressive. Um, Especially considering their last fight. And if he yes. was actually able to beat him, like, yeah, that would be really impressive. Yes. But it'll be interesting what, what happens with Peter Yon. I mean, I saw Sterling in the crowd uh for the last UFC. So maybe he's getting close. We'll see. But I mean, I, I really want to see Dillashaw and Yon. I think that fight would be amazing. I think that I don't know what Dillashaw's timetable looks like, but if if Sterling is going to be a minute, just hypothetically, if it's going to if, yeah. if it's going to be a minute for Sterling, I'm totally fine with Dillashaw versus Yon for the title, like uh, for the for the interim title because Yon has the interim title now. So like, you know what I mean? Like I'm fine with an interim title fight between Yon and Sterling, or sorry, uh, Yon and uh, Dillashaw in the winter fights, um, Sterling when he's ready. And then Aldo basically gets the winner of of all that whenever it all settles itself out. You can you can do Cruz and, and Aldo in the meantime in that scenario potentially. So yeah, yeah. And, um, and then this week there's just Derek Lewis is fighting a guy, right? I, oh, I Chris Dawkins. I forgot all yeah. about that. I mean, yeah, I'll be so. watching the UFC. I'm sure it'll be like kind of overlapping, but right. But uh, yeah. yes. So that's going on. Um, we got everything MMA, boxing related out of the way because we got some super chats that are going into pro wrestling. So I figure it's a pretty good time to talk about that. Yes, Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley, youtube.com slash Fightful, Fightful Fight Night. Join us on Saturday. Let's talk about wrestling. All right, let's do it. All right, Vincent Valentine. 
Appreciate you. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Appreciate appreciate you guys getting me hooked on GCW. Thoughts on what programs we could see coming out of Friday that we may see at Hammerstein. Um, I don't know if Cardona and Effie feud would be over after that uh, match on Friday. Um, so I could see possibly like a final match or whatever would be uh, between Cardona and Effie at Hammerstein. Um, I'm trying to think of all what's on that card. I've got it in the, front of me. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't know if this is everything, but this is what Fight TV is uh, is advertising because this is December seventeenth, right? This Friday, yeah. So, yep. um, so the the one with the most story behind it. And by the way, I would say, so wait, it's Cardona's. It's it's the the mixed tag is this Friday, right? Card, yeah. like Chelsea and yeah. I thought they were going to do that at uh, I thought they were going to do that at Hammerstein, but no, I think it'll in, be it's in LA, which they have usually a really good crowd in LA. They usually give them a pretty big show, so that's what this Friday is. This is LA. So I'll, I'll I'm with you on the prediction about Cardona and Effie. I think they'll have some sort of big singles match at Hammerstein. Um, yeah. the the one with the most story behind it on the show is the no-ropes barbed wire between Atticus Pilgar and Jordan Oliver. Um, and then Nick Wayne's involved with that, too. Maybe, like, maybe that'll turn into, like, a triple threat at Hammerstein, or it'll be, like, the final chapter of... Like, like maybe, like, Jordan gets, like, so brutalized or something by Atticus that, like, it's Nick Wayne and Atticus at Hammerstein or something. I don't know. But but I think it'll all lead to something big for all three of those guys um, yeah. coming out of that. Um, and I love the Atticus-Jordan Oliver... Nick Wayne kind of story that they've that they've been telling over the last few months. Um, I so love that, that video package. Did you catch that video package? I haven't watched it yet, but I saw the thumbnail. Was like when I hover hovered over the thumbnail, it was immediately some dude with skewers, you know, popping out of his head. It's like that's looks about right. Every time I think about Atticus Kogar, um, but it's really good. It goes into detail about like Jordan Atticus and how they're different and how they thought that they could coexist. And then they realize they can't. And yeah, it's, it's good. It's definitely worth checking out. Hell yeah. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, we got the Briscoes versus Brody King and PCO. Okay. Yeah, that that's pretty good. Um, I think the Briscoes are retaining the tag team titles and I think they will be defending at Hammerstein. I don't know who they would be facing. They might be facing second gear crew with the return of Mance Warner if he's okay. Maybe something like that. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Or if like everyone's down, dude, that would be sick if they did Briscoes and FTR at Hammerstein. Oh, I would love that. Like, because you could put the Ring of Honor, GCW, and AAA titles all on the line. Like, wow. That would be so sick. Um, I mean, I think they're going to do it on AEW, but like, there's a chance they might do that at Hammerstein. But I am leaning towards what you're saying. Like, if, like, if, uh, if Mance isn't ready yet, like, maybe they'll just do, you know, AJ and 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 uh, Justice as the tag team for SGC, or bring back Manders or you know one of one of their guys. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I fully expect the Briscoes to to defend the GCW tag titles at Hammerstein as well. Um, Blake Christian versus Bandito. 
which is going to be a really damn good match. Nice. Although Bandito might not be there because he oh, tested positive. So good call. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's close. I mean, he might. He might make it. You know what I was thinking too is we probably gave it to him like in Houston because oh, like, true. we were in that small building yeah. and he he was swarmed after the show for like autographs and pictures. But then he did go to Mexico as well, so it could have been either one. But yeah. Yeah, the joke I've been seeing online is like that he was it's like he was wearing a mask. How could he get it? You know, exactly. Yeah, I thought but, the same thing because he never I mean, takes it off. Right. That's obviously I'm not I hope no, it's I know fine. You, you know, we're not yeah, trying to make mean. fun of anybody, but like that is a pretty clever joke. Just the hypocrisy um, of it. Um, we have uh, Jonathan Gresham versus AJ Gray, which is gonna be an absolute banger. Wow. That's such wow. a good match. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that the most of probably anything. I think uh, Gresham's gonna blow him up, dude. AJ doesn't really get blown up though. Like, he, yeah, he, you know, it just he he looks like the kind of guy who might, if you look like just based on kind of his physique. But I've never seen him really get just totally gassed out there. Um, I mean, he's in a lot of hardcore matches though. But like, if he went hold for hold and all that, like, if he actually really had to get down for like twenty minutes in a wrestling match, I don't know. I'm not saying he does, but I can just see Gresham at least trying push that pace uh yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that a lot though that's going to be awesome um as far as what that'll lead to i'm not sure but i do think gresham will wrestle at hammerstein for gcw and so i don't know against who but you know hopefully it's like a another just great technical wrestler that's available like uh if they can get a moriarty or i mean if they did like him versus like tony deppin or something i mean just saw, just put him in there with just a really really good wrestler and they'll they'll kill it um yeah. Speaking of Tony Depp and him versus Jigsaw, I had no idea that was on this show. That's interesting. Um, and then you have Jacob Fatu versus Sheik. I'm assuming that's Dark Sheik. Yeah, it is. So that'll be interesting. I mean, Fatu's been doing more in GCW also lately. And yep. I, him and AJ Gray have like a big feud going in West Coast Pro right now. I saw um, the highlights of that match. I look pretty good. Hey, real quick before I forget, you've seen ACH wrestle at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, like, no, like, since coming back. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Does he come out to his old entrance music, or is it something completely different? I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. Like his ROH music, where it's like that. Oh, you have like the eight bit sounding music, right? Like the video. Yeah, 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 yeah. I cannot remember if he came out to that or not on West Coast Pro. I might have had it on mute when he when he came to the ring. I can't remember. Gotcha. But I do I do remember the song you're talking about the like like the go go ACH like the yep. like the Sega logo that he used to have yep. and everything yeah yeah if he um, does I'll mark out I, <laughs> I love that so I remember yeah. going to live Ring of Honor shows and like leaving the show and just being like do <laughs> so yeah I I was a big ACH fan back then like we went to San Antonio every Ring of Honor he was booked there because. He is from Texas, so um, he he was always there. Him, Keith Lee, Shane Taylor, like they were all there before they were even anything. So um, good times. Hell yeah! So that's pretty much the uh, the stuff I've got in front of me for GCW on Friday. But yeah, it's going to be a good show, and then Hammerstein's going to be massive. Like I can't wait to see that. I'm, I'm assuming I'll be doing a uh, some sort of post show or some sort of review for Fightful for that. Um, I usually do it on the weekender, but those bigger GCW shows, we've been doing on the, the main channel lately. So I'm looking forward to all that. 
Um, also, Vincent, just curious, like, what have you liked about GCW? Like, what's gotten you hooked? Is it the matches? Is it just the variety of roster, the variety of the show? Like, there's, it's definitely a mixed bag of stuff. Like, you will see everything. Um, and, and trust me, if you're enjoying it on TV, there's nothing like seeing it live. Like, GCW Live is incredible. I already got my tickets for the next show, February 4th, front row. So I will be there again. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I love that they're coming to Texas. I know guys that are going to do the trip where they're going to go to Houston and they're going to Dallas the next day just because they had such a great time the last time. And they also plan on going to the collective in Dallas for WrestleMania weekend. So definitely uh, GCW's. Definitely got some buzz. Hell yeah. We got another John, super chat. Thank you, John. Super chat. Thanks, John. I really appreciate it. Um, what do you guys make of WWE ticket sales compared to AEW? Really seems like people are finally realizing that the WWE product is trash. The UBS Arena ticket sales are pretty eye-opening. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to that, but I saw that the WWE was like giving away tickets for like pretty much free and still not even like coming close to even filling like a quarter of the seats or something like so the ubs arena with buy to get one free and all these promotions including bringing in roman reigns and everything drew like 4500 people what's and it hold like 20 or something 15 and, so, and, and yeah and that's that's for a raw that's for raw dynamite where they had mjf's hometown and all that stuff 9,200 people. So over double. Yeah. And they didn't offer any buy one, get one free, buy two, get one free, nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. John, I think that uh, it, it isn't, as, as Nate Diaz would say, I'm not surprised, mother effer. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think it's all pretty, when you see that they're only like a million and a half people are even watching raw at this point, And that's gotta be pretty much like the hardcore, not the hardcore wrestling fans, but like the people that are hardcore WWE fans at this point is probably all that's left. And like, it's sprinkled some casuals in, you know, but people underestimate our demographic people like me and Doug, people like that are watching this show. We're the ones we're just talked about with GCW. We're the ones buying tickets and buying merch and buying beer and, Yep. and supporting the product and going live and bringing people with us. Um, right. And we're not, we're not going to the WWE shows, but we're going to the AEW shows. And I think that's pretty obvious by these ticket sales. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I think you can sugarcoat ratings. You can say it's because of this or that or whatever, but like ticket sales are hard to deny. You know what I mean? And I, I especially in certain markets, like, even with WCW, like they they didn't touch New York. And if they did, they were never gonna outdraw WWE in New York. And like AEW is clearly outdrawing WWE in New York right now. And Chicago is theirs. Like they're taking major wrestling markets and making it their their own. And that that's hard to deny. One thing I absolutely love what CM Punk said um, at C2E2 was like, AEW just doesn't believe in torturing their fan base <laughs> and not actually giving them what they want. 
they just mm. say, oh, the fans want it. We're going to go ahead and do it. And he's like, and we don't overcomplicate things just because fans figure it out doesn't mean we're not going to do it. Even if it's what they thought was going to happen, if what you thought was going to happen, more than likely that's also what you wanted to happen. So yep. we're going to go ahead and do that. So we don't have to outsmart the fans. Um, and the WWE literally just does things that make no sense. Like, why did Rhea Ripley lose to Selena Vega in like 50 seconds last night? I, I, I had a watch. I want no, I watched literally zero, zero point zero seconds of Raw. So I, I really didn't didn't watch it. I just saw it on Twitter. And it's like Selena was going through this massive losing streak when she first came back, probably because she was being punished for leaving in the first place or whatever. And then now she's winning. And then Rhea Ripley, who was supposed to be like their next big thing is jobbing out in 50 seconds. AEW would never do that. They would never take a prospect that they've invested time into and job them out like that. Never. It's never happened. No. But we can talk about the opposite of that. We can talk about when AEW has somebody and they're, oh, right, and they're right in front of your eyes. I don't know and, if we have enough time, and they're, and they're standing there on screen for what over a year maybe maybe longer it's been a long time and they're standing on screen and their hair's a little messy and they're chewing gum and they're eating chips and they got their arms crossed they're just waiting for their time to shine and then hook shows up on rampage on friday it has the best three minute match anyone's ever seen in their lives <laughs> hook, dude tell me right now though Hook's yeah awesome right Looks good, man. He's dude, really good. Let's go. Let's go. And, and and the crazy thing is, is like he was already built as a star. He just had to deliver in the ring, and like no one really expected it though. Like they were like hoping, but then like he started busting out judo throws and everything else, and people are like, "Oh wow!" And <laughs> what I love about it is, is it's like. He's not shoved down your throat. Like, he's Taz's kid. We all know that, right? But, like, even Taz doesn't necessarily, like, make it way over the top about it. It's just, like, Hook is just part of the group. And he just, he was just there. He would be there to, like, jump people and stuff. But he always has a presence. And I think this is what people are missing when they're like, AEW has too many factions. Factions make stars. They always have and they always will because they're still being shown on TV. They're still being used and they don't always have to be put into the ring constantly just to get them there. See, the WWE will go to a town and be like, okay, How do we get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy in a match so we can have it for our live audience? And they'll be like, well, these guys are kind of feuding right now, so we'll put them in a tag match, and then we'll do this, and we'll do that. And that's fine, but then they do the same thing the next week, but just like a little rotation, and then the next week, and then the next week, and then you go to a pay-per-view, and it's the same thing, and it's just rematch after rematch after rematch. And AEW's basically is like, if we're going to put them in the ring, it's going to be somewhat important. And it's not going to be something that we're just going to keep repeating over and over and over again. 
But like, here's a here's a thought too. Like, look at Sheeta and Serena Deeb, right? That's this is their third match, but it's been very separated. So each time it doesn't feel like we're being beat over the head with it. In fact, we're actually looking forward to it, right? Yep. Same thing for me with Cody and Malachi Black. It was like none of those matches ever happened on pay-per-view. They were each on Dynamite, but they were separated, you know, and each one had a story, and Cody went away for a while, right? So, like, that's what I'm saying is is they, they just know how to book people. They really know how to protect people where hardly anybody – that they use is boring, is stale. Like we're always looking forward to when they get a match. And I, and I think that they do a really good job of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Hook was getting chance for himself and he no one had ever even seen him wrestle before, before the match. Hook, 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 hook. And part of it's tongue in cheek, part of it's people trolling. But then he delivers in the ring and people are like, right. Oh, okay. We have an actual reason to cheer this guy. We're going to keep cheering him. And now, even if I was making fun of him or people were making fun of him beforehand, it's like, well, no, I mean, yeah, it was kind of, but like, we never seen him wrestle before. Like now we know. So like, right now. Well, and then like, let me, let me just say this out loud. Right. They were kind of feuding with team Taz. If we get hook and Dante Martin at a, the next pay-per-view, like that's a banger. Like, people now are really looking forward to that match. So, like, I just – they just know how to book book people, man. Like, I, I don't – and, like, you look at this RK bro nonsense and all this stuff, like, it, it's it, – it diminishes these guys. Like, and they do this all the time in the WWE. They diminish their superstars. And they get to a point to where, like, too much damage has been done. Like, you can't ever come back from that. Like, Dolph Ziggler, for example, he can't come back from that. The only way he could come back is, like, if he reinvented himself in somewhere else. But, like, in the WWE, he's dead. It's over, you know? Yeah. So, I I, I just – I give AEW a lot of props for that. Yeah, and, you know – I know that the WWE and AEW are doing different things. And like the, the focus of NXT 2.0 is to mold clay into exactly what the WWE wants to try to like, to try to get for Vince McMahon to, to you know have a better chance on Raw and SmackDown eventually and all this kind of stuff. But like, if you look at like, obviously for AEW, the majority of their quote unquote developmental is like the independence, but like hook was trained by Cody Rhodes and no one wants to talk about it probably because it's Cody, but uh-huh. Cody took this kid and trained him. And then they sent him up to create a pro with Hawkins and those dudes and, yep. you know, Mark. and MJF. And they, I mean, and they molded this kid into something really special. And, you know, and we, in, in one match, he has all this buzz and he looks, he, I watched NXT tonight he looks more entertaining in the ring than pretty much everybody NXT has. Like yeah. in just the moves that I saw him do in three minutes, it's, it's way less generic than what you're seeing on NXT 2.0 and the way that they're training their guys and girls and stuff. Um, now, speaking of Cody, 
he's going to beat Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. And everyone is going to get so mad about it. Wow. He's going to get Although, so mad about like, it. This whole, like, I'm not turning heel thing. Uh-uh. Oh, like, he almost went it, through the wrong. He, he almost, oh, like, and then he's like, he called him kid. Yeah. Like, he's now really, like, embracing it. Um, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. Because he's really on that fine line. And then he acts oblivious, like he doesn't know, but he totally knows. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's definitely going to be good. I have heard possible AEW spoilers. If anybody doesn't want them, don't listen for a few minutes. Doug, you might not want to know this either. I don't know. But I have heard rumor that they may or may not be working on a custom belt for Cody. So, um, I think he's not only going to turn heel, I think he's going to go all the way John Cena with it. Like, I think he's going to give people reason to boo him, but like, like, still play. I don't think it'll be like a spinner belt, but I think, I think they're once again, I don't know if this is true or not, but like, I've just heard little things about the possibility that he may beat Sammy Guevara and he may debut a new title belt that's like, you know, a very WWE type thing to do. How mad would that crowd be? I know, but that's so good. So good. It's on Christmas Day. (laughs) So good's even better. It's on Christmas Day. So wow. That would be interesting. Hey, and the the news about that belt, I could have just been getting trolled, but the person who trolled me knows a lot of stuff about what's going on. So it'll we'll 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 see. Um I might have just been getting trolled because they know I'm a big Cody fan. I don't know. But uh interesting. I, I I I don't know. I I really I feel confident that Cody's just gonna beat him. It's like everyone's gonna get so mad about it, and like that's that's exactly the like. In all honesty, like how big of like a and this might be some people that are watching this, and you know I hope you continue to watch the show if you disagree with me here. But how big of a mark would you have to be to like stop watching AEW just because Cody is winning matches? Like you give up on like the whole thing because it's like, oh, that's just there. It's too much about Cody. Like you stop watching. Like see ya. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, I have fun watching whatever you're watching. But like if you get that mad over Cody, like doing what he's doing, I think it's like he's playing y'all like fiddles. Like it's, he really is right it's, now. It's you pretty. It's pretty funny. You can definitely tell that he definitely is uh he's uh he knows what he's doing. And and like I wasn't for sure until that moment. And then like when he accidentally almost walked through the heel door, I was like, Oh, this is so good. So oh, good. oh, he's playing us right now. So yeah, I think he should do it. A spinner TNT title. Yeah. I think something like that would be great. Perfect. Or like he keeps going to the ring with the sledgehammer. Or the golden the golden shovel. The golden shovel, one or the other, like just just to really piss piss the fans off. Start actually using the pedigree. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Just embrace it. Go Dude, for it. I I mean And yeah, then maybe like that. maybe like that could lead to like a punk feud where punk's like, what the hell has become of you? Like <laughs> I I remember a guy like this and I hated his guts and they could go into like the triple H stuff, so that would be uh, that would be interesting. And then Cody beats Punk clean in, so, in, a, in, a, in a real MMA fight. Speaking of beating clean, uh-huh. will we have a clean winner at the main event tomorrow? 
That's hard to say, man. I'm I like- Brian Danielson versus Adam Hangman Page. And mind you, Adam Page has not had a match since beating Kenny. Yeah. So it makes it pretty difficult for him to have this match and lose, in my opinion. So the question, I don't think he's losing. No chance, in my opinion. Like, 100% as confident as you were that Amanda Nunez was going to win. Like, I'm as confident that Hangman is absolutely going to win. Although, she lost, so who knows. But I think it's just how Brian Danielson loses. I'll give Brian Danielson 40% in this one. Wow! I got no way. No way. I, yeah. I just think it's a nightmare for Hangman if he loses his first match after winning it. I just I can't see it. I, I can't see it. Well, I shouldn't say I can't see it. Like I Danielson's the best wrestler in the world right now, man. Like, but I don't know I if agree. he just like strikes where the while the iron's just like extra hot the way that it is. And like he just kind of almost fell into all this with the way that the the contracts worked with with them getting all these guys. I'm not saying I'm not advocating for Hangman to lose the title. Like I want to see him have a real run with the belt. But like, given who Hangman is, like, like as a character and everything, it isn't like the craziest idea that this dude would like finally reach the top and and overcome like the one dude who like caused all these problems to begin with, and then he loses his first title defense to, to Danielson, who's just a better wrestler. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm I can't wait. I'm I'm so pumped. Because I'm okay with either outcome, to be honest. Like I'm not going to be mad if Danielson wins, to be honest. So, right. By the way, guys, if you haven't, please hit that like button right now. We really appreciate it. it helps us out. So smash that like button. Like button if you haven't done it. Also, if you guys want to send in more super chats, we really appreciate that as well. It helps support the channel. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I think it's going to be a really good match. I think it's going to get more than 20 minutes. I think it's going to yeah. get a big chunk of the show. I selfishly i hope it's not like phenomenal just because it's going to kill me that i didn't go to the show but i really couldn't go to the show like just like dude i had the chance to meet juliana pena um because she was down here at the ufc the last time and she did a meet and greet after the show at little woodrow's and that's where i met dana and valentino shoshenko i know exactly where the place was i've been there before to meet fighters but I had the coronavirus, so I could not go. I literally couldn't go, but it still hurts. I had front row seats for Brian Keith versus Davey Richards in New Texas, and I couldn't go. And it's like, I, there's no way I could go, but it still hurts. Like, I was this close, right? So, um, yeah. So, like I said, I, if it's really great, it's going to kill me, but I literally can't go. I just can't go. But um, Maybe a 30-minute draw? But do you think they go the draw around again? I mean, they could. The they only knock, could. the only knock that I think that they could get for it is people be like, "Well, they're overdoing the draw." But when you look at it, like in the overall scheme of things, like it's really only been a few in like hundreds of matches for the company. Like, but do you think if Brian Danielson loses, it's the worst thing in the world? Like, I don't think it no. kills him. I think he could handle a loss. I I agree. I totally agree. In the in the way that Hangman's been built, like either person winning is like it's under it's reasonable for either right. to win um right. but which aw does that quite a lot because they build both guys usually so yeah yeah i mean as long as the match is good which i'm i know it will be i'm gonna be happy 
So we'll see where they go with it. And uh, yeah, I don't know, because I think the winner of MJF and CM Punk is next, next for a title shot. And like, it makes sense for either Danielson or Heyman to be the champion, to be honest, for, for either of those guys. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm just torn. I don't, I don't know how they handle it. Wouldn't it be interesting if, like, the Bucks possibly cost Brian Danielson the match, even though, like, it's not what Hangman wanted, but, like, they're trying to, you know, how they, like, acknowledged him before, and then it kind of, like, leaves, like, what the heck was that? Like something like that to where it like leaves more mystery of what the hell's going on type thing. Um, even if it's just like a small distraction or something, and maybe Hangman doesn't even realize it, but like he finds out later on that the Bucks helped him win or something like that. Like, I don't know. I just think that there's some interesting ways they could go. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot they can do. I mean, that'd be, because I did, like, I thought the young Bucks were for sure turning babyface after, um, full gear and Mm-mm. no they didn't but like based on how like them letting hangman yeah, win, yeah. like you know i yeah. they didn't which i thought was great because i like the almost way better as heels i think they're saving it for kenny uh, if they're yeah. like when kenny comes back i think that's because kenny still hasn't watched the match back that's what i want i want kenny in the ring and then be like hey guys did you come out here real quick and then like so I watched the match and I noticed something like, and then it's to be like, Oh, you know? So, yeah. Uh, it's just, um, it's just and- great that like they reward you in storylines. They don't let stuff go. You know what I mean? Like, I really appreciate that. You think there's a chance Kyle O'Reilly shows up on uh, tomorrow? I think somebody is debuting tomorrow. I think somebody will too. Man, oh, oh, give me Kyle O'Reilly, baby. Let's go. I think it could be. I think it could be Kyle. I think it could be Johnny Gargano. I think it could be Bray Wyatt. Like I think it yeah. could be. Did you notice too that? I think the Briscoes should, it might show up too. Very yeah. possible. The, what's weird about that though is is FTR attacks Sting and Darby. I think that'll happen in. Uh, I think they're in North Carolina like the next week. And I think they'll do that then. Okay, okay. Because I think they go to North Carolina. But that's when I think the Briscoes attack. I I think they actually beat Sting and Darby. And then I think the Briscoes come out and attack them. Or the Briscoes cost Sting and Darby. Or sorry, cost FGR the match against Sting and Darby, potentially. Possibly. Um, Because I think we were talking about it on the distraction today. We're like, I think the way it works out is they have the North Carolina show next week. And then they go back to that same spot for like the night of champions thing that they're doing. Um, like the, all the belts on the line night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, it's that's like the belts, but, that, the belts. but that's like, isn't that like, that isn't this next week, right? That's like, no, it's like January 8th or something. Right. Like that. So I think yeah. they're going back there like, you know, a month later or whatever. So you can kind of like build the story there in that same building of like, you know, you can have some payoffs to stuff that happens next week in that same building when they come back like a month from then or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, honestly, man, I think the Lucha Bros, they 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 need to find some buzz. Like, it, yeah, they've been feuding with FTR, but right now to me, FTR has all the buzz. They've got the AAA titles. They've been feuding with the Briscoes. And like, it would make more sense to me if, they were the AEW champions right now because the Lucha Bros are just kind of 
they're just kind of there. I th- I think that especially if it works out in like my kind of perfect scenario here, where like like we were just saying, FTR wrestles Sting and Darby. The Briscoes cost FTR, so like it, you know, FTR stays credible and they move on to like a big match with those four guys. But because Sting and Darby have beaten FTR, they're the number one contenders for the Lucha Bros. Like that would be a pretty sick match, I think. Sting and Darby versus the Lucha Bros for the tag titles. Yep. Yeah, it'd be that, badass. That's your dream. <laughs> Dude, t- someone out there tell me Sting isn't still killing it. Let's go. I mean, come on. He's killing it. it. He's it's amazing. It's amazing to me how much or how different Tony Khan wants to book Sting than the WWE wanted to book Sting. <laughs> but it's like if you go back and look at all the legends that they've booked, it's been a disaster. Like in WWE. WWE, yeah. AEW's like, a great job with No, no, for records, sure. Yeah. For sure. But like, and maybe you don't realize how bad it was until you see AEW. But like Sting, Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy. Like there's just a lot of people that like, it's just, they're just there. Rey Mysterio. Like, cool, you're with your son AJ Styles right now. Like when you hit that 40-ish mark, they don't know what to do with you anymore. Like they're just like, yeah, we'll put you on. We'll have you in some matches, you know. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I I think that they W's definitely helped Sting and definitely rose Sting stock. You know what I mean? So props sure. to them for that. <clears throat> Unquestionably. And you know, Jeff Hardy, I'll just say this real quick because we haven't talked about it on here, but like I yeah. I don't know. I don't want to speculate like what Jeff Hardy did or didn't do or like the level to which he may have like relapsed or whatever everyone's talking about. I will say this though. I think it's a, it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be in AEW. It's just a matter of when, like, I don't, I, I don't know if it's like, I think it's be, it'd be tough to put him over there like right away because like, there's going to be a negative stigma to like the WWE just cut ties with him because of some sort of like substance related stuff. Here's the thing, though. By cutting him, he still has the 90 days that he has to stay away. So it gives him 90 days to do whatever, which would be right right around WrestleMania-ish time. So, um, but yeah. But yeah, so like, I I think that it's one of those things, like, as long as he's healthy, I mean, I just can't speak a whole lot to it because we don't know the the full scope of the situation. But I'll say I don't fault the WWE at all for like cutting ties with a guy, like given his history and they don't want the liability. Like I totally, totally understand like him not working there anymore. But I also think that just because you've had issues in the past and you screw up a little bit here and there, like it doesn't mean it's like a full on relapse to where like you can't function anymore. Like you're completely unreliable. You might've just had a bad night. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, but like I, the way that the, the Matt and Jeff are talking about it on social media and on Twitch and stuff, they're really making it sound like, you know, I, I from what I understand, I think Jeff had to take a drug test like right after whatever that incident was where he like walked out of a match. But 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 before they even got the results, both sides had decided this this wasn't right for them anymore. So like Jeff Jeff might have just been like, yo, y'all are drug testing me over this. Like what I did wasn't as big of a deal as what you're making it out to be. They're like, we need you to go to rehab. And he's like, I'm not going to rehab. Like I don't have a problem. You know, like, and, yeah. you know, maybe he does have a problem. I don't know. But but the yeah. point is, they're really playing. Matt and Jeff are really playing down. Like, they're really making it sound like Jeff's, like, still in, like, a great place mentally and physically and stuff. And, like, seems like he'll be popping up in AEW whenever, whenever he's able to. So, 
I'll just say this, like when I, the first time I read it and like what happened, the fact that he denied rehab, everyone is jumping to conclusions that he's like has this massive drug problem and all this other stuff. Like maybe he denied rehab because he wasn't actually having a drug issue. It was more right. of like a frustration or like, I just quit. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home or like a mental breakdown. And they're like, oh, well, we've seen this before. You know, you need to go to rehab. I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm just saying like immediately people are acting like he's like this, all you know, down on his luck drug addict and i just i'm not there with that i i need to see more i need to find out more um he he looks pretty happy right now to me and if you watch the actual footage he literally just looks like he just i i've had enough like i don't want to do this anymore like he literally just leaves the tag match goes through the crowd and leaves like that's it and that's then the, and then drew mcintyre's like where did he go and he's like, does the Jeff Hardy thing. And he's like, where is he? Like, he just left. He just, I've had enough. And then they released him. And, and, and how many times too, has that guy praised AEW and said like, I love their crowd energy. I love what they're doing right now and all this stuff. And it's like, it's pretty obvious that he wanted out of WWE in my opinion. Um, and I feel like he also got stuck into a contract due to injury because when you get injured, your contract keeps going because him and Matt signed the same time. And then I don't know what he was promised or what he was told, but he did resign a new deal. But clearly things weren't working out. And he clearly doesn't seem that bummed about being let go. That's, that's basically all I can say. Will he show up in AEW? I think so. Um, my, my dream match for him is him and Darby and like a hardcore match. And honestly, I think it probably should be like his last match, like go out with a huge bang, you know, maybe a freaking swanton off the stage, off the top of the screen or something. But I don't necessarily think him or Matt have much matches left. Not really trying to see a Hardy's young bucks match again. We saw that multiple times. Like I'm, I'm good with that being done. But there are some cool tag teams that I think would be cool. I mean, a Darby and Sting versus Hardy Boys would be pretty sweet. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so there's definitely something there. Sting but, versus... But I think champion. a lot, too, like, if, if Jeff only has to wrestle, let's say, 12 times a year, but, like, he can go all out when he wrestles, and he can be, like, creative and do what he wants. Like, I think that that would really be fulfilling for Jeff and not be like just stuck on the road and, you know, being just like, Hey, we need you to job out to the U S title tonight in a seven minute match. Like, okay. You know, or, yeah. Hey, we need you to face cross and beat him in two minutes. Okay. And then you need to lose the cross. Okay. Like, it's just, I, I think he was burned out. I mean, he's just like he's just such a massive star that like he could totally work a limited schedule, similar to like what Sting works, and like yep. just be a big deal every time he does something, and they they can treat him like an actual massive star, which they should have been doing in WWE as well. I right. think that uh, I think it's interesting too. Not not that there's it's just something that I think about where there also I think sometimes could be almost like a correlation between like like when like when Mox. Like the day Mox's book came out, he went into rehab. 
and like you know i don't know if that was a coincidence like you know there might be like things that come along with like you may stress. be having like substance issues or stress or whatever yeah whatever it is and it's like man i don't know like how everyone's gonna read all these i don't know if i want this book to be out anymore like they're gonna read all this stuff and blah 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 like jeff this happened right after that broken skull with uh with steve austin came out where he was talking yeah. about how long he had been sober and like all this stuff and it's like he in everything is going great and then within it's like that thing drops and then it's like issues right off the like right away and it's like i'm not what i just think it's i just think it's interesting like that there there might be like an extra le- or maybe an extra level of, a level of uh comfort maybe where you're like watching that back and you're like i have been sober for a long time like it's not a big deal if i take a drink like i've been fine for years and then like the next thing you know like you can't even perform and you're like oh my god i can't believe that i just did this to myself like I, I don't know. Yeah, no. And, and, and there was a good point, um, by, uh, Christopher and, uh, says yeah. if he does have a drug problem, Tony Khan won't tolerate in any way. I agree. Like this isn't TNA, like TNA, no. like enabled a lot of bad behavior and like Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy, multiple people like that. And I don't think Tony Khan would allow that whatsoever. So if he does come to AEW, I think we have a pretty good idea that he's clean, he's sober, and it's not a massive issue. So I think that goes for a lot of different people that people are concerned sure. about. Like like a Charlotte Flair, for instance, where people are like, she, she'll just come in and ruin the locker room. If she has any hint of ruining that locker room, they'll just get rid of her. Like they're not yep. going to just put up with it. Well, prioritize one person over the entire company. They're just not going to do that. And so. in my opinion, it's harder to notice a bad apple when most of the locker room aren't friends <laughs> or not getting along. Don't feel like family in AEW. You're going into like a family environment and it's going to be really noticeable if you don't mix immediately. So yeah. I think that's a that's a fair point. Another super chat, Matt Phillips reviews. Thanks, I appreciate it. Uh, is it too soon for an AEW best of Dynamite DVD? I I don't know, man. I kind of feel like DVDs are about done. Um, WWE announced that they're no longer releasing physical media at all starting next year. So I just feel like whenever the uh, deal gets signed for like a digital streaming deal for AEW, then there absolutely will be best of dynamite and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, I think people would absolutely want it, you know, people that don't really save anything or download anything or whatever. And that only watch things once they absolutely want to relive moments. There's been a lot of really good stuff. So I, I definitely think you'll see it. I, I, I think, honestly, a streaming deal will probably happen by next year. I think at that point, you've had a good full slate of pay-per-views, the TV specials. Um, and then if you can have some type of exclusive content, like instead of like Road 2, maybe like documentaries on certain guys and maybe like a return of the ring with CM Punk, you know, like and, and all that, like. I think they can have some really good documentaries and things. So yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I feel like it might be a little early for a best of dynamite, but at the same time, there has been a lot of like really cool stuff that you, that has already happened. Maybe you do it at like the three year mark, like the, the best of the first three years of AEW dynamite or something like that. Yeah. 
I'm not against it by any means. And thank you for the super chat. Appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Dirty again for Steven. What was the first RVD Tito for life you watched? What was the first video? I don't, I don't remember, dude. It might have been. It was probably your first video that y'all did. Do you remember which wow. one that was? Oh no, it was you, like in yeah, in like your in like on your bed, just like roasting yep. what was happening on Raw. It was that. It yep. was that. It was your first. I remember that. Yeah, the very first one. All right. Yep. No, yeah, I, I was. That was a huge deal at the time because there wasn't <laughs> back then. There like no one was going in video form and like talking about this stuff. It was all yep. message boards and stuff. So like. Yeah, it, I remember from from video number one, man. Y'all, someone was like making their entrance or something, and y'all were like, "This is crap! Like, this yeah. is not what we grew up with." And like, there's like a WF poster behind y'all or something, and you're like, "We used to support this, and now y'all are talking about this being good." So yeah, I, I remember. And I had the Kurt Angle shirt. That yeah. was really, I remember mean, like his red, the red face. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That and I mean, like that. That was the that. Like, if Kurt Angle never went to TNA. I don't know if we would have ever started like that was the one that like really because we were massive Kurt Angle fans and like it was like you told us for so long he's the best wrestler in the world and now you don't have him and you're letting him go somewhere else and I'm just supposed to not watch the best wrestler in the world anymore? <laughs> right right yeah and instead I have Umaga I have Umaga on my TV and like John Cena, but they've got like Kurt Angle and AJ Styles, and I'm just supposed to ignore that. Like and you didn't like the Master Lock? No, I didn't. Or Carlito <laughs> or any of that other stuff. I was Snitsky. over all that. Snitsky. It wasn't my fault. Um remember when they and, made him like a foot fetish guy for a minute too? They didn't know what the hell to do with that dude. <laughs> Well, did he like kind of like rape Lita or something? Like, I don't want to say that word on YouTube, but yeah, yeah. that was basically the the gist was he impregnated her, but like not under her own will, and then that right. turned into a story. Yeah, but yeah, like that wouldn't happen. Which led to a miscarriage, by the right. way. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, the whole thing just disaster. So <clears throat> yeah, then they like shaved all another... of his hair off and put him on ECW. Which is just another reason why WWE will sell all of its footage when they sell the company. hundred percent. You don't. You don't. You don't want to be. You want to be on on Disney Plus, and these kids are looking this up and seeing what we just talked. You're gonna about. have some like beta male fresh out of college that doesn't watch pro wrestling. That's like a head executive of this company, and they're gonna go through old footage and be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> oh my god delete the database delete it now you know <laughs> and they're gonna be like what we cannot promote this cancel it all shut down the server and then like they'll make an announcement that they're sorry that the server went down and then all of a sudden like the, the video footage will be sold let's see yeah we talked about that before like i think that they'll try to at some point make a distinction between the wwf and wwe being two completely separate things yeah definitely i'm just very curious who would get it and then whoever got the footage like would they really run with it you know what i nick, mean nick 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 oh please don't do that to me nick is for kids 
Yeah, but uh, the Attitude Era is not, so I don't know. No, no, I'm saying, like, current day. Like, they would not air, like, that stuff on Nickelodeon. I'm just saying I could see. Yeah. God, wouldn't that be so sad, though? Like, all the footage, like, belongs to Amazon. They'd have to, like, they could still, depending on what what the world looks like when all this happens, which is probably going to be pretty soon, they need to just like have a separate app that's like classic WWF and like a nice big like rated R logo on the thing. So it's just like if you want to watch without like you know without the the notion going into it of like we're going into this to cancel stuff like you know going into it with like you know or like they have a, a warning and you click on that you're okay with seeing this type of footage and then you yes. can click okay and you know watch it exactly but like yeah. do something like that like don't don't look don't take this from like the adults that grew up on it like that are all like normal members of society like it's not like, you know there's gonna be weirdos out there in every line of stuff but like for the most part i don't think like because we grew up with the attitude era we grew up to be these like terrible people you know what i mean like right so right yeah it's just, it's just I mean, nowadays a lot of these people were born like post 2000 that have all these issues it's like you were born into a totally different world than what we grew up in we were born into a different yep. world than what our parents had and so on and so forth so like it's weird it's weird to me how like it, there's accountability for certain things but there's also you we always have, have to keep in mind like you know at one point like slavery was a normal thing like think about that not that long ago yep. like and like if you lived then like that was normal and like that seems yep. incredibly screwed up nowadays like incredibly screwed up and i'm not condoning right. any of that i'm just saying like think about that that wasn't that long ago and like so things are constantly changing and constantly improving and constantly evolving and we have to just keep in mind when we see something from the 90s it's like we didn't know some of these things were as bad as they were when they happened but we also can't just like erase history at the same time like well i mean i think that's part of watching history back then is it's like you realize how much things have changed like and You're how not to do the wrong stuff right, over and right. over. Don't repeat. Well, I mean, we're just talking stuff. about this stuff like, oh, you can never do that now. We know, we know that society has completely changed since then. Like that, that's that's the thing. And so, like, to act like, like. And the thing, what's always happened is if you don't acknowledge the past, you're doomed to repeat it. Like, so to, to delete stuff out of the history books and the archives and all that stuff. It's not going to do anything because we're destined to repeat the same issue. You know, we learn from what happened. We learn what was bad. I mean, like I was talking to Bill about this with concussions. I remember when we went and talked to Christopher Nowinski at WrestleMania weekend, he did this presentation on Benoit's brain and he talked about how he can't even get a phone call from the NFL about concussions. They won't even acknowledge concussions. They won't even talk to him about concussions. Now look where we're at. A yeah. player t- a player gets a concussion. He is immediately taken out of the game. And more than likely, he's going to miss next week. He has to pass concussion protocol no matter what. No matter how big of a star he is or anything like that, he has to pass concussion protocol. Like, there's definitely been strides of positivity and progress. And I think that's the most frustrating thing when these people try to really like profit and make things worse than what they are based on like 
triggering people's emotions because there has been so much progress in this world. It's not even funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. Like you don't go back and erase all the history of all these NFL games that included all these concussions. And we, you know, there's all the, they don't, I mean, God bless the dude, but like junior Seau, like, you know, killed himself because of CTE. And it's like, but I bet you can find all the games he played in available to watch. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but, but part of it is like seeing the dude get hit in the head like that and being like, that's a, that, that hits illegal now. Like, that's why, yeah. like, yep. you know, when we complain about certain rules, the reason is because of, we, we got to see the reason, you know? Well, like, and we, we know the outcome of the story when we watch yes, it back. Like exactly. if you see Junior say, I'll get completely knocked out. You, you feel a little bit more like, uh, because you know what that led to. You Aaron know what Hernandez. I mean? Yeah. Like those kind of dudes, like there was Absolutely. that dude's brain was all CTE'd up. Yep. And um, I mean, I'm not condoning anything he did. It's very similar to the Ben, very similar to the Benoit situation, what, what right. he was, what he was doing. Um, right. But anyway, so yeah, that, that's just a long way of me and Doug basically saying like, we don't, we don't condone or like, like rally behind all of the things that the WWF used to do that we used to be a fan of because things have changed, but you also shouldn't just completely erase the history of it at the same time. Like, right. So, well, and like I grew up in an era where it wasn't just about wrestling. Like everything was larger than life. Michael Jordan was larger than life. Bo Jackson was larger than life. King Griffey was larger than life. Like you had um, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like these people were all Mr. T, like they were all larger than life type. What do you got? Griffey, Hello, Ken exactly. Griffey Jr. on my desk. Start, starting lineup. Yep. And, and it's just a different time in a different era. Now, because of social media, people are so much more accessible. They're all human to you. Like you see their faults. You see everything about them and they just don't, they don't have that same sparkle. They don't have that same like feeling like uh, a superhero almost, right? Like they just, you just look at them as people. And um, I, I just think that's changed a lot too. So, definitely. It, and some more, uh, was this another super chat that has NFL involved? Chris Warden? Did oh, Chris. That? Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think we did. Good to have you back, Chris. I appreciate it. Like I said, congratulations on the new baby. Um, even guys, just wondering your thoughts on Battle of the Belts running against NFL playoffs. In my opinion, they're going to get killed in the ratings. I agree. Like, yeah, they probably will. Idea. They that's probably will. I'll watch both. Um, yeah, but... I mean, for sure. I'll, I'll DVR. <clears throat> it just depends also who's playing. But, for I sure. mean, I I love the playoffs. It doesn't matter who it is just because it's – it. Ultimate high stakes sports is always entertaining, especially football. So yeah. I'm, I'm definitely uh, want to see that. If, if the Vikings are playing a playoff game, like that's all prior. If I only have one TV, for instance, I'll prioritize that over anything. So like yeah. that's, yeah, that's where yeah, I'm at. For sure. For sure. Especially in like, you know, winter go home scenarios. Like yes. this is it. So yeah. Michael sitting pretty with his Patriots yeah. as a number one seed. Congratulations. Uh, appreciate the super chat. What up, guys? Wanted to get your thoughts on the tease Trent Hill turn on Rampage. Do you think him and Orange Cassidy would be a solid feud? He definitely doesn't seem like he likes Wheeler Yuta. So yeah. he seems annoyed by him. 
So I don't know if that's actually going to be a heel turn or if it's just going to lead for the group kicking Wheeler out or if Wheeler's going to want to leave or what's going to happen there. Yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes, though, because I think that the best friends, when they're both healthy, like that that's the only thing about that team. Like, I put them in really high regard, dude, like especially because of some of the matches they've had, especially the the street fight with Santana and Ortiz. That's like legitimately one of my favorite matches AEW has done in their history. Like, I loved it. And like, I think, you know, if, if Trent can can stay from be, getting injured and they're they're a regular part of the show. Like, I think the Young Bucks are the best tag team AEW has, like, all around. But then after that, like, honestly, I think the best friends are, like, right there. It's, like, them, Lucha Bros. Like, there's a, few, a couple teams, but I think best friends are right there. And I, I really want to see them do more. But I will say this. I think that Trent could be a massive single star if he could stay uninjured as well. Like, the dude has the look, and he has the in-ring skill, and he, he's, he's got an interesting character, and he's, he's really good on the microphone. So like, I uh, I'd be fine either way. I, I want to see them continue as a tag team, but like I'm I am down for a Trent singles run as well. Yeah, what do you think about him versus Orange if he was the heel and Orange was the face? I think it'd be really, really, really good because I think Trent would be ruthless, and yeah. you know, an OC would almost be like caught off guard by like can't believe how different this guy is. You know, he definitely yeah. has a different look to him. Especially, imagine if he beat up his mom or something on screen. Oh my god! Because like, because well, like Sue is so over. Like, yeah, I know. I, I mean, I'm not saying I don't know if beat up, your, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm just like, stuff. he could be like the really young bucks. Mean the young bucks parents got got. Was it just the dad? I guess it was just. It was the young just bucks the dad, dad, and it wasn't the bucks that beat up the dad, right? Well, I mean, they gave him the super kick, but I mean, it was so lame. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just saying, if they got too involved and she was, like, I think he could just be like, "Shut up, mom!" Like or, right to her face, and be or like, Sue turned also. Wow. Because yeah, I'm, I mean, the, the manager. It's oh, wild gee. that I'm even bringing her up, but she's massively over. Like every time they show her on the screen, like you know. Yeah. But I also mm-hmm. love them being just the goofy like dudes who show up in the minivan with their with their mom. <laughs> like I like. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know exactly where to go with all of that, but I'm a huge fan, a huge fan of Trent and Chuck and Orange Cassidy, um, and Chris Hatlander and Wheeler Yuta, like everybody involved. Even I even like Rocky Romero more than most people probably do. So I'll say this, and we'll definitely disagree on this. I'm not a big fan of Chuck. I just no. And I just I, I know he's been in the game for so long and all that stuff, but he is that type of person to me that just it's it's almost like Eddie Kingston in a way, but like in a comical way, like mm-hmm. a frat boy, comical way. Like I took the biggest crap in the toilet. I ate five day old pizza. Like that is Chuck Taylor. And I also think that like he never works out. He doesn't take it seriously. He's just like goes in there and does his thing and leaves like, I just I'm not I'm not a big fan of his. I I like him a lot, but I like him better as a tag team guy than a singles guy. Although I love his finishing move, the awful waffle. I think it's like one of the best finishers in wrestling. He just doesn't awful hit that waffle. often. Yeah. It's a great name too. I mean, like this dude's yeah. OG Nickelodeon fan, like we are. Come on, man. Yeah, awesome. I, I, I yeah okay, but uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan. 
But um, speaking of that, we've covered pretty much all the super chats. Thank you guys so much. If you guys want to keep sending them in, go ahead. But uh, I think we're done with AEW. Um, I think t- tomorrow's show is going to be amazing. Who, who do you think with MJF and Dante? I actually think Dante's going to win, by the way. I'm going to go MJF again. Unless, like, Wardlow, like, costs That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think he threw Wardlow out. And I think this is the time. And I'm wondering if they do like MJF and Wardlow a little bit and get that out of the way and then Punk and MJF at pay-per-view. I feel like it's more likely we'd get Wardlow and MJ. Sorry, Wardlow and Punk before we get Punk and MJF. That makes see, sense. Like, I think see, Punk will beat like Wardlow on the I feel like the foundation has been built. And I just can't see how Wardlow is going to let him give him a pass for actually eliminating him out of the battle Royal. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I'm not sure how they'll work, through, but there's been times in the past for like MJF, like it looked like that, you know, there's been a few times. No, I agree. Like, you know, I agree, but they've already kind of hinted at a little bit of issues. Like I think we're getting close. Um, and Warlow came out and squashed that one dude and the fans like yep. counted like the, new, the slams and stuff like new music too. New oh, music yeah. too. So I think we're heading towards a Wardlow babyface turn here. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm down for all these scenarios. I just, um, I mean, I'm fine with Dante beating MJF too, but it has to be in a way that really protects MJF. Like, I'm not super huge on like, because that AEW does such a good job of protecting everyone, like we talked about. Even when they lose yeah. matches, they put pre- those people over it, even in losses. But MJF is, he's a very special talent for them like i mean like that's like no that really is like i mean you have to just be really 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 careful of how you deal with him um and he really shouldn't lose often and when he does it's got to be for like a really good reason in my opinion so yeah i just think dante's on a roll right now and i think like winning something like that it's not a belt it's not that but it's like it shows that like he's arrived a little bit more and like I said, I just I feel like this is what's going to cause the tension between him and Wardlow because he did actually eliminate Wardlow in the match. So that's my guess. Maybe Hook costs Dante. I mean, very well could. And then like I, that because yeah. the team Taz thing is not over with Ricky right. Starks. Ricky Starks could cost him as well because he he actually eliminated Ricky Starks. So that could happen. I saw, I think. By the way, mm-hmm. Hook should be carrying the FTW title like. Yeah, Whatever already yeah. happen like that yeah. is made for that kid. He's a he's Taz's son. Like that would be huge. I think he can get that title over. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see. It de- it depends on how fast they want to do all this because he is he is still new and like he could still he could work some matches on the indies or something too potentially. Like just like get getting reps in, but like I could see a scenario potentially where like a heel Cody loses the TNT title to a baby face hook. Like, you know, at some point in like the last, in the next like year or something. Yeah. Um, But, but with hook, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's hard because we've only seen him wrestle once, but I, uh, I think that him and Dante would be really, really good. And I, I have a feeling that we will see that, you know, sooner than later. And those guys are good friends. We always see them together on like Ethan's blogs and stuff like that on YouTube. Like, they all kind of hang out and travel together. So, um, so yeah. Interesting. And then Serena Deeb and um, Sheeta 
Who you got in that? Is there anything on the line, like a number one contender or anything for this? Or just I think this is just a grudge just, match. They're just one and one against each other, I guess. Because yeah, I mean personally, I like to see Deep win because she's yeah. like my favorite. But um, I don't know. Like I think I, I think if like I had to make it, if Sheeta does win, I would like to see her like possibly turn heel to do it. If she does, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, and I was gonna say too about Hook. Just about thinking about it, I think it's funny. Like CM Punk, you know, he's the the whole send Hook meme. Yeah, but like. I think Hook wrestles circles around that dude, and also oh, like, and, but like, but like, you know, that's going to be a match. Like, that will be a pay per view match at some point. They will go back to that message about Punk send Hook, and that will be a pay per view match one day. Yeah, um, for sure. But uh, but yeah, I mean, for the sake of like me sticking with my girl, I'll take Serena D. Even though I I, I think AEW will probably put Sheeta over um as like the winner of like this feud overall. I think there's more you can do with Deeb as a heel winning this feud and going on to being in the title mix. So, Okay, and then also Wardlow is facing Matt Seidel, so he is on that show as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But um, final prediction on who is showing up tomorrow. If I had to pick like one surprise out of people who are available, because there's also like Ring of Honor potential there too. Yep, yep. I'm just going to keep, once again, I'm just going to keep it Kyle O'Reilly. I got Bray Wyatt. I think if he's going to debut, it's going to be tomorrow. Winter is coming. It just makes sense to me that if he's going to do it. And they did do, like, you saw during the match, like, it went red. It did, like, a red light and a blue light. And people were like, what was that? Like, and I thought it was about to be CM Punk's music, but it was, like, nothing. It was just, like, little lights. So I'm curious if that leads to anything. Um, I would mark out if it's, if Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly both came in at the same time together. I think that would be cool. There's a lot of options, though. You could pick a ton of different people. And it sounds like Tony has a lot planned the next couple, probably months, honestly, for more people to debut and stuff. So we'll see what happens. But if I had to pick, I feel like if you're going to do Bray Wyatt, this is going to be – it's going to be the show. Yeah, I can see that. I do want to see Johnny Gargano and Ethan Page wrestle each other in AEW, though, because they were really good in Evolve, and, like, they've both gotten so much better since then. Yeah. No, I, there's a lot of matches for Johnny. Oh, I was so mad C2E2. Billy Gunn was like, they were asking about Johnny oh, Gargano, <laughs> and he was just like, oh, he didn't even come up to my waist. Like, I and Adam Cole's on the panel like, like oh. <laughs> Like, I hate people like you. You're 58 years old, roided to the gills, and you just won't let it go. Like, you're still stuck in that old school garbage. That's why you kicked out of the coffin, drop it one count, you egomaniac prick. Like, oh, I can't stand people <laughs> like him. <sighs> Anyways, um, so I guess the rest of the time we'll talk about Ring of Honor, close out the show. Um, real quick, I just wanted to shout out, you know, rest in peace, Jimmy Rave. Yeah. Sucks. Um, I remember watching Jimmy Rave in Ring of Honor and in TNA, the Rock and Rave connection, all Infection. that stuff. Rock and Rave connection. There you yes. go. Thank you. I've even mixed it up because it was one of those things that was like corny. But, like, he was talented enough that I, I watched it anyways because I believed in him. Um, he was really good. 
and uh, he had such a tragic way out. Like, from what I understand, he also had his arm amputated, like what it said. So, yeah, like, his he arm, had both at legs. At least, yeah, I'm about to say he had at least like a couple of his like appendages removed over the last yeah. like handful of months. It's sad too because he went to high school. <laughs> he went to the same high school Buff Bagwell and Xavier Woods did in Atlanta. And wow. I remember during that time, like before he was going through those, uh, and this isn't to put the guy on blast, but he's like, you know, just yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, you know, no. but he would, he would, and I know I wasn't the only one because I would hear from other people, but he would like hit me up in like messages, like looking for money. And that was like before the medical stuff, but it was like, you know, I knew something was up because it's like this dude was just like, randomly just asking for money like often and just like i don't even know this guy i know him as a fan but like i don't know him like that right you know and then it's just you know it just got worse and worse and worse um but he means a lot to southeast independent wrestling like it, I, i'd recommend people check out the scenic city Invitational the first year they did the tournament um i think he won the whole thing actually if i remember correctly but um but yeah, Jimmy Rave has had some really good matches. He had a really good match with AJ Styles uh, like years yeah. ago, like Wildside or one of those companies. So, so yeah, it is sad. And I do remember like it was corny because you know Rock and Rave would come out with the Guitar Hero plastic guitars and all that yeah. stuff. And it's funny because like Lance Hoyt has become so yeah. much better as Lance Archer, and and Jimmy so Rave kind much of different. Yeah, so much a lot bigger, and uh, he's kind of like McIntyre, right? Like he went from like lanky to like jacked um, yep. but like jimmy rave was the one who seemed to have like way more talent as in the group yep. and yep. um archer wound up becoming a star and everything but yeah rest in peace jimmy rave like i it's it's awesome i i i have a lot of friends that are that were really close to him because of <clears throat> because of the the connection with independent wrestling in, yeah. in my area so like i know it's been a really sad time for a lot of people yeah, and I mean, you know, it, it's like Ring of Honor ends and then Jimmy Rave dies, and it's just like, uh, it just, I don't know, it just hit me, it, it hit home, and like, Jimmy Rave was only six months older than I am, I mean, he's right around the same age, so feel really bad for him, especially like it was such a tragic ending, the way that like his last months on Earth were really a lot of suffering, so... It's really unfortunate, but like I said, rest in peace to him and uh, just definitely want to give him his flowers that, you know, he wasn't just some wrestler. Like he, he definitely deserves respect. He was definitely, uh, definitely really good in Ring of Honor. Definitely had his moments in TNA. So shout out to Jimmy Rave. Yeah. Um, so I guess we could talk about the Ring of Honor show, but like what, what do you think that they plan on doing from here on out? I think that for one, it was really smart to finally put the world title on Jonathan Gresham and like give everyone what they want because it was a long time coming. Right. And now with him, you know, definitely doing more in GCW, and I'm assuming will probably pop up in AEW, New Japan. Mm -hmm. Like I think he's going to pop up kind of everywhere, mm -hmm. um, including the Indies, and he'll have that, <laughs> that Ring of Honor world title with him. So mm -hmm. I think that keeps their their brand at least relevant to some degree, like in the wrestling world while they're trying to figure things out. Um, the show itself felt like the end. Like it felt like that was the, we were watching, it was like watching the final Nitro. Like you, you, you weren't sure, like 
you had a good feeling it was over, but like you didn't know for sure, for sure until like Vincent Mann showed up and then it was like, yeah. whoa, what what's happening? With Ring yeah. of Honor, it was kind of like you see all the former, you know, the big stars of Ring of Honor that did the video uh, messages. AEW guys. Yeah, yeah. And of course, yeah, there was no like Samoa Joe or Roddy Strong or any of this kind of because, you know, the WWE, I'm sure, wouldn't let them send stuff. But like, 100%. but it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it felt like we watched the last Ring of Honor show. And if they do come back in, in April, at the very least, Jonathan Gresham seems committed. Like, I think he'll prioritize Ring of Honor over whatever else he's doing to, to continue to do their shows. Yeah. Um, so at least they'll have him as their champion to like headline their events. And maybe, you know, once again, I, I assume at, at best it'll be like a super indie scenario where they run a show every couple months, like GCW or something like that. But yeah. Um, or it might just be the end altogether, which, yeah, you know, I don't want people to be out of work and lose their jobs and all that stuff, obviously. But like that, that there's so much talent in that company that I hate that there's so much limbo. And I know people are getting let out of their contracts, but it's like, and all the production people and all the stuff we don't, the people we don't think about, but like right. most, the, a very, very large percentage, the majority, the vast majority of the people that were with Ring of Honor, I think are going to be better off elsewhere going forward anyways. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, so what I kind of think is going to happen is the people that are loyal to Ring of Honor will always be booked on upcoming Ring of Honor shows if that's what they choose to do. So right. I think I don't think you're going to see like this massive influx of like new talent that are going to be at Ring of Honor shows. I think it's going to be a lot of Ring of Honor original mainstays that they'll always be booked and then they'll bring in pieces here and there and it'll just be like, you know, a show for uh whatever but like the idea of like taping it and putting it on tv like that just seems like like you put that on fight one night promote it and that's it but one thing i found really interesting at the end of the show they had like a little graphic thing for like april 2022 or whatever but i mean like they put no time into that I mean, nothing. And you've known that you're going out of business or not going out, but like closing up shop for a while. Like you made the announcement like two months ago and you couldn't even come up with like anything. To me, that does not seem very promising that you're actually going to do something. And why the whole time, if this is the end, if this is the end, wouldn't you, like if they're telling you, we're coming back. Why would you even say that? You know what I mean? Like you could say end of an era, but they just kept saying, if this is the end, if this is the end, you're having all these people say goodbye. Like to me, it it just came across like that was the end of ring of honor. Like it's not coming back. Um, Now the guys have the belts and stuff. So I, I don't, I don't know really what happens there. And I'm guessing that if you have the title, then they're expecting those belts to be defended if they run shows. But I don't know. And I also think it's really unfortunate that Bandito wasn't there because Gresham never actually beat the actual champion to become champion. So that was kind of awkward. But they're doing the determinist, at least, those two. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's true. But, yeah, so, I mean, I – I, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like that was the end of Ring of Honor. And I feel like a lot of people 
we're sad about that. Like it definitely sucks. Like, and if you go back and you look at how much ring of honor changed wrestling, I mean, it's undeniable. Like it, the, the reason we have the products and the in-ring quality and all that today is because of ring of honor. Like they, they, they took it to the next level and so many of those guys made it to the main rosters and major promotions just because they were so good. And when they made it, we already viewed them as like best in the world. These are the best wrestlers in the world. And they're not even in the WWE or TNA. Like they were just in ring of honor, but they were the literally the best wrestlers in the world. Um, so yeah, it was unfortunate. Um, I thought the show was pretty good. I definitely thought it was better than a lot of their shows lately. I thought that they definitely gave effort there. But, like, dude, when they did that EC3 gimmick and Braun Strowman came out, I was just like, dude, this is why you're done. This is why you're done. You have no idea what you you are. You, 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 you want to be this corporate version of ring of honor and that's not what people loved about ring of honor like braun dalton castle like all that garbage like that was not what ring of honor was you brought in enzo and kaz when it was the madison square garden show like that's not what ring of honor was about and to me this is what happens when corporations get a hold of products and they're like it's a wrestling company. Yeah, but it, it has a certain niche to it and it has to be respected. You can't just make it whatever you want it to be. I mean, you can, you own it, but it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the whole EC3 thing, just, I just don't think the control of the narrative stuff he just works at all at this point either. I thought oh. it was, I thought it was good with him and Moose. And that was like over a year, maybe two years closer now it's been a long time since they did that i feel like and when he got released and he came out with like control the narrative videos and stuff like it came across really well i was super excited for him i wanted him to go to AEW. he's lost all momentum like it's just yeah. like okay next you know yeah i think i've said it before on this show but like what i want to see him do is have put him and spud back together and with dixie carter as a group and just yep. have them go. I don't care what company they wind up in. And AEW, Impact, I Impact, think Impact would be Impact makes the most sense, obviously. Yeah. And just bring in Dixie as an on-screen character, nothing behind the scenes at all, and just right. have her with her with her nephew EC3, and he's got you know Aunt Dixie with him and and Rockstar little, Spud. Yeah, their little hype man, Rockstar Spud, and just let them let them do their thing. Let EC3 actually be like an entertaining kind of goofy type I, I just don't think he works as like this ultra serious guy because like he's more entertaining kind of as the kind of goofy guy so yeah yeah and then yeah the rest of the stuff with the ring of honor is just that's yeah, just unfortunate i thought they were they were smart about who they put all their titles on at the end though like like i said gresham was the right call the briscoes are the right call for the same reason as gresham like they can go defend those titles all over the place and like keep the the word of ring of honor going like i think putting the tv title on Rhett titus is really smart because for one, he's been on the company like for like 15 years. And like, I think a lot of people viewed him as like the not as good member of all that express with Kenny King. 
And then he had like a real lull for a long time and then reinvented himself for the foundation and the pure division. Remember he was like that guy with the mask with the rose and like, he was like, Oh man. So yeah, it just wasn't good. Right. But, but he's the kind of guy that like, this is nothing against him, but like, I think he's the kind of guy you can get to commit to Ring of Honor going forward. Cause like, I don't think there's going to be like yeah. a huge demand and like AEW and impact in new Japan for Red Titus, but right. within like the lore of what Ring of Honor is, he makes a lot of sense to be their TV champion going forward. If they are going to keep running shows, I think he'll be available. Yeah. Um, and Roxy is the same boat, except Roxy's going to have a lot of opportunity, I think, but she's still so young that I yep. think she might still have like loyalty to Ring of Honor to be like, all right, I'm going to do all this, I'll wrestle at Loco and New Texas and here and there. And like, if AW calls, I'll do something for them. Yeah. And so on and so forth. But like, I think she can still be available, available enough to do ring of honor shows if and when they need her and stuff. So. Well, and it's interesting though, because it sounds like she's going to face Deanna at Impact. And then she's also scheduled to be at MLW in January. So I just kind of feel like someone's going to snatch her up. Like, you know they should. I mean. I mean, and she's only like 20 years old, which is wild. Yep. So like, yeah. Yeah. Which she, is she's Dante. Like Dante's yeah. 20. Yeah. You know, like that's crazy. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I did. Uh, one thing I really liked though, when, um, when Gresham and Jay Lethal were wrestling at the end, all the, the whole roster came out and started banging the ring. Like it, it felt like a cool special moment. But, yeah. man, I remember when the show was over, I was just like, dude, that roster is not that great. Like, they have nice pieces here and there, but, like, overall, like, compared to what Ring of Honor used to be, right. like, it definitely felt like the more watered-down version. And in my opinion, if you're a wrestling company and you're on pay-per-view, like, your goal needs to be match of the year quality match at some point on that show you need to have matches that get people buzzing that get people talking like the reason that new japan has felt so flat because they haven't had those matches like before it was constant just every show that was a big show like these are huge matches and with ring of honor like they just went years without having any like real serious buzz of like dude you got to watch this match this match was incredible you know what i mean so yeah i think that they just really dropped the ball well and i think and this is a whole other conversation for other podcasts i don't want to go down this rabbit hole but i know we're right. about to be done with the show but like i mean and you would agree i know so it's like they were having all that and then AEW became a real thing you know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that really, I think that's really the biggest kind of dagger in all of this. Well, that, I was starting to think like, yeah. let's be honest, AEW put NXT and ROH out of business. Ba- basically. Yeah. Well, and NXT is really, still in business, but they had to completely rebrand. Everything. The black and yeah. gold brand. Right. right. You know, the but super that, indie version of NXT. Yes. Yeah. For a company that hasn't even been around three years. And they already put two companies out of business. Like, that's wild. Yeah, and I don't think it was, like, their intention to put Ring of Honor out no. of business or anything like that. It's just, it's hard to be a Ring of Honor when all, when not all, but a lot of the talent that really draws in, like, current day is just going to choose AEW over Ring of Honor. Like, you know, almost every time. So, like... Um, and then that was happening with NXT before, you know, so it's like with two, two ring of honor. So like, I, 
you know, it just is what it is. Um, but yeah, like you said, Ring of Honor means the, the current the current wrestling landscape as we know it would not look like it does right now with all the the added athleticism and like the the sports based type matches we see and like the longer matches and like the real ring psychology that we see like nowadays and stuff like that would we would have a totally different show right now on pretty much every major company that matters if it wasn't for Ring of Honor uh, doing what they were doing in the early 2000s, especially. So now that think about all the guys that Ring of Honor made that eventually went to the WWE, if there was no Ring of Honor and it was the WWE that had to make these, make these guys, they would not be anywhere close to the stars that they are. Like if Kyle O'Reilly just went straight to the WWE and never did Ring of Honor, they wouldn't know what to do with him. Even still didn't, but but you know what I mean? Like they still put him in main event matches with Adam Cole and all that stuff. Like, I don't think he's even seen that Seth Rollins. I don't even think he gets close to what he became. Well, it would have been like, it would have been like, instead of getting guys like, you know, whatever, whoever you want to name. I mean, there's so many Owens and, and pack and Zane and Balor and, and all these guys that were established on the Indies. And then they brought them into NXT it would have been like the future WWE stars at the time would have been like Baron Corbin, Bull Dempsey, yep. like, like those type of guys that they built from basically what they're doing right now. Um, yep. It would have been that type of thing. It would have been the very generic. And like Kyle would have been like put in a 205 live and like Seth Rollins <laughs> would too, honestly, like yeah. a lot of those guys, like they ring of honor changed wrestling forever. I think it was the, it was like the evolution of ECW, but just taking away the extreme and just focusing on ring quality. Yeah. And they deserve a lot of credit. They really do. They, they really changed the game. I never thought impact wrestling would be around longer than ring of honor. Uh, but honestly, I, I don't know how much longer Impact's going to make it either. Like, things don't look as promising. And the fact that, like, Braun Strowman shows up at Ring of Honor, but he doesn't show up at Bound for Glory, I thought that was pretty telling, too. I said that on the distraction today. I was like, imagine how, like, like pretty much what you just said. I was like, think about this. Like, Braun Strowman turned down showing up to Impact, a company that has shows like it's like a future like he mm-hmm. didn't do that but like was down to show up at ring of honor on probably the last show the company's ever going to have like what's that really right. say about the desire of people to go to impact right now you know right i yeah. and like nobody showed up in him on bound for glory like yeah. nobody hardly so like it's just i just don't feel great about their future and when like you're running your main event with like Big Kaz, Moose, and Cardona. When you have like Ace Austin in your company, yeah, and you Ace have Austin, guys, Chris Bay, Willie Mack, like, right. like Josh Alexander. I, I don't trust you. I just don't like. And then when like Sammy Callahan comes back, I'm sure he's going to the main event. Like it just, they just, I don't think they get it. You know what I mean? They really don't. So we'll see what happens, but I don't feel great about their future either. And man, if they go, it's like, God dang, what do we have left? A ton of stuff. So no, just indie wise, but like 
what what major companies are going to like i just feel like there has to be a rise of some company that's going to take advantage of this much free this much talent out there i do too i think someone will so well i think that about covers it for tonight um thanks thanks for everybody tuning in and uh i really appreciate all the super chats that were submitted um what what's there to look out for this weekend? We got a UFC fight night. We have GCW on Friday. Um, that should be a really good show. We went over the card earlier, um, and uh, that's pretty much it, yeah, right? Jake oh, Paul and Tyron Woodley. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. Um, I won't be able to do that because I am going to New Texas. I'm going to see Daniel Garcia versus Gino Medina and Lee Moriarty versus Mysterious Q and Brian Keith versus Sarah Mercer in a steel cage match. So that should be really good. I'm, hey, um, Trish Adora, she really good? Everyone yeah. talks about how yeah. good she is, but like, I'm just curious. She really yeah. good? Yep. She, she's like, I'd be shocked if she wasn't signed to a major company like within the next few weeks like that like that quickly she's she was with ring of honor a little bit like towards the end she's facing <laughs> heather moreau at yeah, that'll uh, be good at new texas so yeah trisha door is someone who has really good intergender matches as well like i've seen her wrestle a lot of guys that like she really impressed me again so yeah she's she's, okay. she's, she's legit yeah i've heard hype but i've never seen her wrestle so i think <laughs> she's got cool. she got a good wrestlers live she's got a good look she's believable got good size I mean, she was like former military too so she's like She's okay. Yeah, she's 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 an ass kicker. It's she's yeah, she's fun to watch. Cool. Um her finishing move is called the Lariat Tubman. <laughs> oh the thing is okay. pretty pretty clever. Um, but uh <clears throat> so yeah, this this Saturday, Fightful Fight Night, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley 2. Check that out, youtube.com slash fightful. I'll be there live for the main event. Might even go live for um for Frank Gore versus Darren Williams as well, potentially, but I'll, I'll definitely be live for the main event. Um, and yeah, I'll be watching GCW shout out to fight TV. I'll be watching all, all that good stuff and shout out to unkind esports. As I said yes. at the beginning of the show, your logo is right above me. Go follow them on Twitter at unkind esports. Make sure to check out their new website at unkindesports.com. They are in the VPGA playoffs for FIFA. So big deal. They're trying to win the championship. I'm going to be supporting. I'm going to be retweeting their links, uh, any of their players that they're highlighting and stuff. I'm going to keep you all in the loop of what's going on in Unkind Esports. And I, I'm hoping that they, they are able to live stream some more of these games on Twitch because I'll be right there in the live chat watching along. So looking forward to that. Sure. Um, make sure to join their Discord. I'll get I'll get Doug a link so we can put it in the description. Um, and they're, like I said at the beginning of the show, there's – a ton of MMA and wrestling fans that are in the discord for unkind and in on their social medias and stuff like their whole community of, of esports and video games. Most of those people are big wrestling and MMA fans. So like there's, it, it's like, I know, I know some of like their players and stuff, they've been hitting me up on Twitter and stuff and being like, man, this is awesome. Like, cause I'm a wrestling fan. Know that we're like doing stuff with the wrestling podcast now. And it's like, they're, we're all excited about it. So y'all should be too. If you if you enjoy the show and you're a viewer, it's only going to lead to better and bigger things for me and Doug to be able to give to y'all content wise right here. So um, make sure to join their discord. If you are, if you're an avid video game player, someone who, who competes at like a pro level and any like big time game out there right now, hit up Unkind on social media, let them know you're interested because they're looking for people to compete 
in esports right now. They're recruiting, and they are also just kind of looking to to um, kind of congregate like a, uh, more of a fan base, like just get more people all together to get hyped up and, and become fans of, of the stuff they're doing over there and become fans of the, the players and the games and all that. So like um, I can't say enough good things. And also the merchandise is going to be dropping next week at some point as well. I'll give you like more information about that on next week's show right here, but uh, look out for some unkind esports merchandise soon. So shout out to Eric, shout out to Rob Van Dam and all the people over there at Unkind Esports for showing their support and their love and uh, make sure to show them support and love because they've been supporting us. So uh, once again, follow them on social media at Unkind Esports. Check out the new website at unkindesports.com. For sure. All right, man. Well, I guess that wraps it up. Who do you guys got this week? We have the Monday game, and I think it's Green Bay. Is oh, it Green boy. Bay? Hold on. Who is it? Oh, sorry. Oh, boy. Oh no, the Bears. I knew it was I knew it was a division game. Okay. Um, but okay. yeah, we got the Bears on Monday. All right. So Yep, sounds good. We got the Giants. If we win and the Eagles lose to Washington, I believe, then we automatically win the division. The division is already won. So there you see go. if that happens and then uh then it's just about seeding and seeing if we can. I'm going for the number two spot. That's what I want because we're not going to get the number one spot. Tampa Bay is going to get the number one spot. So hopefully we get the two spot. Yeah. I think the Vikings, I think if they win out, they get in. Like they control you're their in. destiny. Yeah. You're um, in if you win out. But we can also still get in if like we win a couple, but also lose. But like if the yeah. right teams lose, we can get some help on that. So I think technically we have like a 35% chance of getting in, but like that shoots up drastically if like, we win next week and the right teams lose. So we're still in the, yeah, the, we're still in the mix. Card, the wild card spots right now is you guys, the 49ers, and Washington. Yeah. So we'll yeah. take care of Washington. We'll get them out of there. And then uh, we'll, we'll see what happens after that. But I think you guys have a real shot at making it. Who knows? You might end up playing us. It could happen. Yeah, we'll see. School, <laughs> school Vikings. Go Cowboys. <laughs>